0: That negative spin about oh they are here to disrupt and pull all of us out or something of that nature. It's not often the case. It's often it's more about bringing that new change into the company, and which is absolutely fine because we have to constantly change. But then it's an effort that we have to put. It's not them. It goes both
1: ways. Welcome to the Disruptive Innovators, Champions of Digital Business podcast, where IT and digital leaders from around the world their current role, trends they've been seeing, and their vision for the future, personally, professionally, and otherwise. This podcast is made for people who are seeing how quickly the digital business landscape is evolving. Those who recognize that it takes a village of trusted advisors to navigate this ever-changing terrain. People who enjoy listening to high-level discussions surrounding what it means to be a leader, real-world examples of challenges faced, and industry-specific strategies leveraged to create exceptional business outcomes.
0: This episode is brought to you by Disruptive Innovations, a leading tech consulting firm that helps enterprise organizations with their IT strategy, process optimization, and workflow improvement. Contact them and find out more at disruptiveinnovations.net.
1: Good afternoon, friends. David Wright here, and I am your host of the Disruptive Innovations Champions of Digital Business podcast. And this afternoon, I am lucky enough to be joined by Maruna sorry Maruna, it's a pleasure to have you on.
0: It's a pleasure. Thank you for having me over here, David.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm really excited. So for those of our listeners who may not know, can you Introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about your current role.
0: Sure. So, Renan Suri, I'm currently working at First Command Financial Services of the CTO. My role here is completely toward uplifting the organization's technical friend from a digital transformation standpoint. Our company, we cater to the military families where our mission is primarily to coach them towards the financial security.
1: It's nice that you're connected to that mission. I find that when we're doing work as technologists to have that kind of greater purpose of financial literacy or security, that's really cool that you're connected with that as a leader. So, Runa, we like to start the episode with just one piece of actionable advice you might look to leave our listeners with today.
0: Generally, I think the common advice I give to some of my mentees I have is get out of your comfort zone. No matter which industry, whether it's personal, professional, or whichever space you are in, it's very important for us to get out of the comfort zone. And most importantly, surround yourself with positive people. It takes time, especially for younger generation who are starting their careers or whichever area they are in, to identify who are the positives and what are the positive and negative traits. But I think it's important to put that effort to understand who you want to be surrounded with. It impacts you entirely. Both at professional and
1: personal level. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. In my early 20s, I had some very, I don't want to say single serving relationships, but just immature relationships that as I got older, I realized the types of people I wanted to surround myself with. And today I have people, certain people in my life too, that'll hold up that mirror, which I think is important. I've gotten that advice from other people too. So I love that advice. I do want to get, more into your current role, Marina. But before that, let's dive into a little bit about how you started out. So, where did you grow up? How did you progress in your career and become the CTO, Chief Digital Officer that you are today?
0: My journey, David, has been nothing but plan. I say sure that throughout my childhood, whenever so, I think early on I embraced if the planning is okay, you have to plan. But then, you know, things don't turn out and it's okay. So I think that's one, you know, now if you the content that kind of embedded in me very early on. So it's full of trial and errors. And then along the way, embracing the unknown path has been part of my journey throughout. And like I said, I learned to kind of have fun with the unknown. And then to look into, okay, what's out there? You know, what tips and what not if I don't take this journey or take this part. And I would say it's been a blessing in my life because nothing turned out as planned to kind of put that value, the seed value, and need to understand change is a very constant thing in life. And uh, I took that as definitely a stepping stone into my professional journey where I started as an electrician. So I graduated doing my electrical engineering. I wanted to become, get into that space passionately because I enjoyed that while learning. And then... Life happened and the recession kicked in and I was forced into getting into the IT sector because that was the happening thing at that point. And then I came in here and even within this, the IT journey, various flavors of changes and different roles that came along I had to embrace and then learn to it. But it has been a very joyful journey because it was all about the curiosity element of the what if, you know, what's out there? What's that new thing? But it has been that path for me all along.
1: I love that answer because what I hear in your response too is that you've been able to be present and you mentioned the word joy. I mean, for me in order to experience joy, I have to be present and it took many years for me to like arrive at this point, but the joy for me is in the journey. For so long I was striving to get to some place where, you know, once I do x or once I have x, I'll be good. And it took some life lessons to realize that it's about embracing the unknown. My experience has also shown me that the universe, power greater than myself, whatever you want to refer to it as, has infinitely more expansive and amazing plans than I could ever think up for myself if I just stay open to it.
0: Very much true. Very much true. Because like I said, I started as a programmer and then you're know you trying to go to the next level, the next level and so forth. And throughout the course, I found myself literally stepping into various roles and responsibilities where sometimes I had no clue about. It was a start over completely from zero again. But then I was very fortunate enough to have such mentors or managers at that point in time where they believed, okay, And I was very upfront and transparent saying that, okay, you're asking me this, but I really don't know anything about this. But it was those people, I think, when I talk about having those positive influence around you, it's when they say, we know you don't know this, but we trust in you. And that small statement really makes a big difference because that statement is where you start that zero again with full confidence that, okay, fine. They trust in me. Then maybe there is something about me that I don't know. And then you start that journey. And it has been a repetitive pattern in my career, for most part, where the positives are concerned. I do have failures and negatives, but then they taught me equally as well. I think that was the onset of me really stepping out of my comfort zone. When I talk about getting get out of there and to look into what's out there, I really don't know anything about it, but let me see what I can do about it. And then... Going to the people you think who are going to hold your hand when you ask those questions and then help you kind of understand that 360 degree view of that new territory. That's really important. And I'm fortunate enough to have those people in by.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I also, I love that you brought up getting out of your comfort zone because for the longest time also, I didn't want to experience discomfort. You can tend to play it safe or kind of skirt. But nowadays, I'm almost always flying a little bit over my skis. You know, it's just, it's how I grow. And sometimes things will fail and that's okay. I can be okay with that today and learn from it and incorporate feedback quickly and keep it going, excited about what's next. It's not a judgment about myself or anything like that. So actually, in that vein, I'd be curious, your biggest Challenges or a moment that you failed, or something like that, something that you took a a profound lesson away from?
0: I really had so many of those. But one striking thing that stayed with me forever is when I was working on a project where I was given, you know, obviously there was a change in the organization of the team that I was working with. And, you know, I was working with a completely new set of team folks. And For whatever reason, you have a set plan and the trajectory that you are leading towards getting that outcomes and suddenly everything changes, including the leadership, including uh, probably their views or their vision, everything changes. When somebody comes and tells you, no, absolutely, whatever you're doing is absolutely wrong and it's not going to work and we really don't trust in you for the delivery and that kind of a dialogue when that really comes in front of your face, and I think, honestly, it's a professional and personal challenge at that point for me because it's about still believing in yourself because you have seen so many of those waves ahead before in your life and constantly holding on to that thought about yourself that, no, I can still do it. But what's important is you have a new set of leadership and new set of team, for that matter, who don't know you. So for me, it was, the challenge was to make them understand, number one, the people aspect more than the technology or the deliverables of the project. It was more about me becoming into, getting my foot into their team now. It is not about them coming into, because I am the incumbent. So when each and every one of them challenged the way or the outcomes of the college delivery, I had to convince that, no, this can happen. We'll do it. And one by one, one by one, it was winning over them through a two-month period, but it was a beautiful experience for me. It was challenging, but the journey was so beautiful. It taught me yet another lesson that why, when we talk about transformation or when we talk about making this big leaps in organizations, making sure that the people aspect is not ignored and bringing all of them together towards a transformation is so much more important than the technology itself.
1: So true. And I'm just reeling with like examples Personally, I've been in so many situations where we're consulting with a company, new guard comes in, and as technologists, it's very easy to come in, look at a plan, and start poking holes in it. Because almost any IT and digital initiative, once it's going for a little bit, is going to have some holes. That's inherent with innovation that you're moving quickly, those holes arise, you identify what they are, and you plug them, And I've weathered some of those storms and enrolled the people. And then some people are just unreasonable and they just want to throw the baby out with the bathwater just because, and it is what it is. You got to take the wins with the losses, but I've definitely had that experience for sure.
0: What I've seen is this kind of a challenging environment when it presents itself to you. What's really important is having that composure and still believing, but at the same time, Understanding their point of view as well. They're coming, or when the new team is brought in, it's about a new mission a new goal, and it's not through often. So, not taking it in stride is so much more important than taking that negative spin about, oh, they are here to disrupt and pull all of us out or something of that nature. It's not often the case. It's often, it's more about bringing that new change into the company, and which is absolutely fine because we have to constantly change. But then it's an effort that we have to put. It's not them. It goes both ways.
1: And I also love how you brought up the people before, because just earlier today, I was on a call with an organization and here's an initiative that's been going on for like three, four years, still not done. It's only like a quarter way done or like, I don't even know exactly how far they are into it, but not nearly as far as they would like to be. And they were talking about how they would do, there was a couple instances where they had a rollout at one of their sites and they sent people to the site and the site didn't know that they were coming. The leadership didn't know to tell the site that they were coming. And it's a lack of communication, right? And it's my responsibility if I'm running one of those initiatives to really enroll all those different stakeholders, kind of like you were alluding to before and really tightly manage that and continually tune so everyone's on the same page as we go, because it requires consistency as well, which is tough. It's tough. It's tough to manage. So, Runa, I want to get into your current role, but before we do, I always like to ask favorite book or literary piece, either that you're reading now or all time?
0: I can share one book that i have hooked through right now, which is a Useful Delusions by Shankar Vedantam. A friend actually gave it to me, saying that, hey, I'm just reading this. Do you want to read them?" And I was like, just looking at the summary and it caught me. It's, it's about how your mind and delusion sometimes or most often as human beings, which is treated as a negative thing. But this talks about what the positive side driving the delusions as well as human being?
1: That's super interesting. Now my wheels are turning. I'm like, what are my useful delusions? But I'll just have to check it out. So, Maruna, you're the chief technology officer at First Command Financial Services out of Texas, correct?
0: Yes, it's out of it.
1: Let's talk a little bit about your vision for the organization as it's derived from the overall mission of the organization.
0: Like I mentioned before, our company, we cater to the country's military families And here I have embarked on a journey that will bring digital banking and financial planning capabilities to the next level, to those who serve our nation to begin with. And this requires a lot of organization transformation at our, in our company. We have been serving multi-families for so long with a certain set of principles and business principles for that matter. But then knowing that the industry is changing at a rapid rate and the customer expectations and the client expectations are changing by the minute today. And I didn't know a company is left out with this one. So with that, we are embarked on this journey of really lifting our technology landscape to the point where we cater to these military families, our clientele, to a point where it's an end-to-end configuration of products and services to these families from a digital perspective. And that's where my role really uh, plays a uh, part about strategizing, building that vision of the future, and then creating that real clear roadmap of transformation for the company.
1: Yeah, 100%. Are you able to share any of the initiatives that you're working on, even at a high level that are on your roadmap?
0: Sure. I can go really high level here, not to share many details. So yeah. fact is definitely up at the forefront and center of transformation at this point. So providing those banks, bro- products and services and enabling those digital centers for our clientele to kind of leverage, that is definitely up and going right now. At the same time, we are also kind of transforming our wealth management sector, completely digitizing back in our spend side as well.
1: On the digital banking side, are you guys looking at third parties or are you guys building that in-house?
0: We are not that big of a firm. We are not a build right. shop entirely so we are a buy shop for most part so we are yeah. leading on our vendor partners to kind of leverage their capabilities. so they have invested heavily into this digital transformation in their side and for us it's more value and bring in leveraging what they have built and bringing back inside the company at this point it's a mix of both i would say then you say build yeah. and buy but we are more towards the buyer
1: sure yeah No, that makes sense I was just asking, because as you were mentioning it, I started thinking about Q2. Lou Sanco is a good friend, and I know he works with a lot of community banks and financial institutions. So what about some of the biggest challenges you guys are facing as an organization today?
0: The challenge, I think you must have heard this like 10 times, like now, so many other companies, the biggest challenge with digital transformation, irrespective of way industry you are, is bringing the people, process, and technology together. And when I say bringing them together, at a 50,000 foot level, most companies, they understand we need a change. I think I'm yet to see a company, at least in 2023, who disagree with the need for digital transformation. But then when you come down a little bit, it is more about aligning the principles, the belief systems within the organization and different segments that you have, different mini organizations that you have, about mm-hmm. their process, the beliefs towards their process or their individual missions that they have and making them understand digital transformation is not a technology initiative, but it is going to impact every person, every corner of the company equally, you know, when you embark on this journey. And what does that mean is about them being ready for a lot of change in the way they have been conducting their own business and then disrupting even the what I call it as business reengineering. When I say it's not about buying some technology piece and sticking them together and having that integration and saying that, hey, we have a new piece of technology, it does X, Y, Z, and then we have these new capabilities. Yes, that's one step, one small step in it. But from an organization standpoint, when you say we are doing digital transformation, it's more than technology. It's about mindset. It is about how the client is responding. Because the client is so much more influenced. I mean, they're influenced today by the minute, like I said, with social media, where their needs are changing constantly. It's not what is yesterday. What was a fact yesterday is a fiction today, completely. And then the challenge is we plan end-to-end in companies for this fact of yesterday. And then when it becomes a fiction for tomorrow, we are forced to again plan. Replan the entire thing again. So, that is a bottleneck in many companies because we have a process that either we are forced to adhere to or we have to for various reasons. And then, how do you match with these two different paces? And I think it's still a challenge and not like we mastered this challenge, but at least acknowledging that this is out there and we have to be prepared and geared up to this kind of a run, that race, uh, I think it helps.
1: When you're talking about organizational change management, too, and you mention, or what I heard was the beliefs or the kind of values trickling down, that I think is so significant that, A, you assemble a team at the highest level that has representatives kind of across the business from operations, technical, all the different kinds of operators below that and then getting everyone clear like you're saying digital transformation isn't just a technology initiative like let's discuss how it's going to impact these different aspects of the business let's discuss how it's going to impact the consumer experience which is why we're doing all of this or the customer experience which could be actually both the consumer and our colleagues our employees this is significant so let's talk about it and then what are the values and where they come from that embody that? To get everyone excited, to enroll everyone in what's possible. Because ultimately, the success of the project is in the customer, the consumer's perception of the success of the project. I could roll out the solution seemingly in excellence, but if all of my colleagues think that the solution sucks... They're going to complain to the VP and the same kind of outcome that would have came from the solution being implemented poorly and no one using it versus it being implemented in excellence and no one's using it would arise. I just think that's so significant from an organizational change management standpoint. It often gets overlooked. So I'm glad you brought it up. Any other best practices that you might advise our listeners on that you and your team follow?
0: Yeah, I'll go a little bit backwards into my career as well for this one. I've had teams, multiple teams that I used to manage, which had literally different brains in terms of their scale towards technology or the changing technology landscape. And then the difficulty is when we're talking about one team for this big transformation, then you're looking at different scales of capabilities as well. For me, it's about being together and going together into a journey. But it is also about matching the skills. Somebody who is out there with cutting edge technology, but somebody who is an incumbent who is working in the industry has a solid assembly knowledge. It's about bringing them together. But how does this happen? It is about, creating that open space within your team. So for me, the mantra about running a team is about creating an open space for your team where you're really encouraging an open dialogue, whether it's a disagreement, whether it's an ideation, whether it's a proposal, whatever it can be. But encouraging that kind of environment is really good, even for the leader's success, even for the company's success thereby, and the team's success, obviously. So for me, it is about embracing that culture but at the same time, being very practical, you know, it's often not about just the people aspect, it's also about the revenues for the company. It is about bringing that top line revenue growth and, you know, you're trusted to you bring that on with your general, like whatever transformation you take up. So being very objective about balancing both sides of the pendulum, in both, yeah. you know, where while you're managing the people and the transformation aspect, but manage the other outcomes, tactical outcomes that your leadership is seeking in your to and every stuff.
1: Great advice. How about any innovative technology that's on the horizon for the business or in banking in general that you're excited about?
0: The hype, if I have to just fall into the hype of AI right now, I would say the hype. I know it, it's a big debate out there with this. But honestly, uh, I'm excited about it, but I'm super cautious about it. And the reason I say that even it's not because it does not have potential, it does. And I have no doubt about what the future, the future is going to be so much more different than we are witnessing today. But the reason I say I'm skeptical about what we can do as companies leveraging AI technology today is because we are not ready. Let's accept the fact. Most companies are not ready. Even the companies who think they are ready, they're not ready. And the fundamental thing is me coming from a data background completely. You know, technology is out there. But even today, data is very fundamental for success of any initiative. And then our organization today, as companies, i talked to so many of the leaders and other companies starting with big transformations. And I ask them, what is the one problem that you're telling me? Apart from technology and everything, your investments and the people, and everybody talks about our data quality. Or, you know, maybe we don't have complete data sets or they talk about, you know, they have data, but we don't know how to leverage that data because either they are signed load or whatever, or different flavors of the problem. And then let's talk about AI. What is AI? And not the day? It's just learning from these data insights and then tuning and retraining itself. And then... Providing those valuable outcomes that you're all typing about today, right? These are the ones. So, yes, the industry is going to change, no doubt about it. AI is super promising. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think we are ready for it yet.
1: I would tend to agree, especially from a consumer-facing standpoint, it concerns me a little. I had this conversation with one of the guys from Microsoft when I was in London. And... We were saying for a financial services or healthcare setting, you'd have to have 100% confidence in the answer because you can score the responses that it comes back with. You'd, and in doing that, I mean, it kind of limits the functionality in general.
0: But there is a different side to it, if I may. It's already showing the benefits. And uh, think about third world nation, well, you know, the world spaces, conditions or the environments there. The affordability is so scared. Really, you're talking about countries where food scarcity is increasing. And then you're talking about educational problems. You're talking about so many of the social problems that are really escalating at this point. And I see AI being a boon already in the current state because to your point, we tend to leverage what we have today in the current form of AI. It is already helping those situations.
1: So, Maruna, we're almost up on time. A couple last questions. And you kind of alluded to this before, but I'll see if you have a different answer. Just where do you see the banking or financial services industry going in the future? What do you think will be the biggest changes as time passes?
0: Industry, as we know, will completely change its face. No doubt there. History has proven this so many times, and we just have to be a you know, little smart about learning from the past and Talk about the industrial revolution. And we have seen how rapidly the way we work or get things done has completely changed. And we are just at the cusp of another revolution, I would say, at this point. And by uh, addressing your question directly, how is the financial services industry going to change? Absolutely, there is going to be a rapid transformation here. And then, a, in what way is about customers, like just like I said, what is fact yesterday is a fiction tomorrow. And then uh, what the customer is demanding is uh, literally when the thought pops in their head, they want the answer on their mobile device. That's the scale they are expecting. And whether we are ready or not, we have to meet to that scale. We have to get to that point. There's no choice.
1: 100%. I know I'm guilty of wanting you guys to be there too. So the last question, Bruno, would be, if you could go back five or 10 years in time, what advice would you give your younger self?
0: If I have to really go back in time, there are two things I constantly tell others that have a mentor. It's important to have a guide along with you. Identify one, hold on to them, seek their advice, period. There's no replacement to experience in life, whether it's a mentor within your family or outside, you need one. And the second thing is, I think perfection is a journey. It's not one-stop destination where we have to fill our I learned it the hard way. There's no way we can know everything all at one point, And we going to learn it along the way, maybe from others, maybe tomorrow, and it's absolutely okay. If we don't understand this statement, then we try to encourage the self doubt to creep in, and it's not okay.
1: Yeah, I love that. Great advice. Bruna, thank you so much for taking the time today. It was an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you, David. Thank you. Yeah, and to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. And we will catch you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Disruptive Innovators Champions of Digital Business podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to enjoy future episodes.
0: This episode is brought to you by Disruptive Innovations, a leading tech consulting firm that helps enterprise organizations with their IT strategy, process optimization, and workflow improvement. Contact them and find out more at disruptiveinnovations.net.